Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Part of what's difficult about this in the moment right now is that I think it happened so quickly, and no one was prepared for it. Two hours after learning of Dominic's death, I get a call from my producer, Caitlin Colford. It's 11 p.m. on a Sunday night. I'm exhausted and emotionally spent. I empathize with every single person in this storm. I understand why Camry doesn't talk to her father. Deeply, I understand it. And... I can't say I, I would be any different than Cameron. But equally, I understand why Josh keeps showing up, why he feels like half of him is dead. I understand why Ross feels like he was supported him in life but can't in death. No matter what their relationship is with this man, all of them get out of bed tomorrow morning and have a day that looks impossible have a day where their entire life flashes before their eyes and they have to wonder, how could it have been different? How could he have been different? How could I have been different? How could this have all gone differently? And that makes my heart break for them. Uh, I'm going to ask you a hard question. <laughs> okay. You went to interview Dom. You mm-hmm. opened up all of these wounds, knowing that he struggled with alcoholism, drug addiction, all of that. Can't you help but think that the interview that you gave prompted his demise? I'd be lying if I if I said I wasn't the first thought that crossed my mind. You can see it two ways, I guess. You can see, you know, he wanted to tell his story one last time. This was a cathartic end. And then, you know, this is what he was hanging on for. And then he, he felt as though he'd done what he needed to do and it was his time. I think that's a nice way to look at it. I don't know that I really believe that. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's really hard not to think, I opened up all these wounds and this was more than he could handle. 
Am I the reason that Dominic Monteglio died? From ID, I'm Celia Anaskovich, and this is Mafia Tapes. Episode 8, Die Like the Rest. Let's rewind a few days. What put Dominic in the hospital initially was a fall that knocked him unconscious. I'm reminded of Dominic's health when I first began research on this project. He'd been too sick to participate, but that time, he rallied. This time, Something feels different. Do they know how it escalated so quickly? I mean, because he's fallen before and he's been all right. Like I said, it's all relative. Like, what all right is, is like, you know, all this time he was trying to bounce back, but he was never like fully himself again. He wasn't supposed to be smoking three packs of cigarettes a day when he's supposed to be on oxygen, right? I mean, you know, he was on oxygen and he's smoking three packs a day. He's not supposed to be drinking alcohol. He's on all these meds that say do not drink with alcohol. This is most likely a result from, you know, the drinking and the smoking and all the medicines that he's on. It could be because of the fall he took. A few weeks after I leave the desert, I receive a flurry of updates from Dominic's friends and family. They share with me what they know of Dominic's rapid decline. He's, he's on a breathing machine. He's had, he suffered uh, several strokes. I've told you before that I didn't have a good feeling that if he went in the hospital again, that he was going to make it out this time. I don't know why. I just kind of felt that. His son's been called and they, they, they probably are end up situation where they're going to have to like, you know, give him a couple days, see if he rallies. And if not, like they're going to make the decision to pull the plug type of deal. It's really awful. My brother told me Wednesday that he was in the hospital and he was sick like that, but he was incoherent. I'm really angry and resentful that I wasn't included in this because people thought that I didn't care. Had I known, I would have been prepared and I wouldn't have ended up being in the nightmare that we're in now. You know, and I've been there for Dominic throughout his life, like in life, you know what I mean? Like every week speaking to him two, three times a week. I just don't know if I'm going to be there in death because when people die, you go there for, like, the other people. Ross, Camry, and Josh all seem to understand what's coming. But I don't think any of them anticipate just how hard it will be to lose a friend, a mentor, a father. Pulling Dominic off life support as we speak. So, you know, it's uh, going to be a matter of a couple hours. Yeah. In the wake of Dominic's death, I reach out to those closest to him. In the moment, it feels like the right thing to do. I thought that I had made, you know, peace with it to where I would be okay. I mean, I'm still, I'm just, I'm really struggling still. Yeah, I went south real quick. I call Josh while he's sitting in his car. He's just heard the news. Yeah, so I'm uh, a wreck over here. You know, I feel like 
half of me is died as well. So I'm uh, trying to just keep it together, you know. I had to put the phone up to his ear and I said goodbye to him. And, uh, yeah, it just sucks. It really sucks. I'm just, uh, it's been a fucked up day. So I'm just trying to keep it together. And, uh, you know, it's like I knew he was, uh, it's just unexpected in a kind of way. Like I just didn't really think it would happen so fast. And it just went so fast. So fast. When I first met Dominic, he wasn't the man I'd heard on Ross's tapes. I could tell he was in physical and emotional pain. But he never asked me to leave. He wanted to know when I'd be done. But he also wanted to be sure he made it to the finish line. Looking back on that trip now, it almost feels like Dominic knew this would be the last time he'd get to be the 60s pop star, the war hero, the father, the gangster, and the artist. But when it's all said and done, what are we left with? What is the legacy of Dominic Montiglio's life? According to Richie, He was a father, soldier, served his country, a musician, did his best to provide for his family, And unfortunately, unlike Robert Frost, took the other road. He took the road easy to take. He made a mistake. Jimmy LaRosa Jr. Uh, He was a complete and utter rat. Dolly. Well, I hope that people get to see his art and they remember him as an artist, but I think they're going to remember him for what people are going to make them remember. And that's it. Mafia. Pete LaFrosha. He was a Green Beret, tough guy, all that. But I, 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 I've heard of guys. I've been around guys that talk that talk, you know what I mean? But yet when it comes time to walk it, nah, no. It was a time when he was supposed to do something, and uh, he just didn't do it. So, you know, you know how, do you, how do you trust a guy like that, you know what I mean? It's very hard. Walter Mack. He did what many others would not have done. He went into the program. He testified whenever I asked him to do so. And in many ways, you know, uh, he suffered the pains of having done that. But as far as I'm concerned, he honored his obligations. He was courageous and he provided accurate testimony to our trial juries. Rocco. I mean, he snitched on his uncle who tried to do good things for him, and he only snitched because he was jealous. Yeah, he was jealous because he got passed by. And they snitched on everybody because he got caught doing something. He rode that fame to his death, apparently. For me, it's Ross, at the end of Dominic's life, who seems to sum it up best. I think his legacy is a legacy of it's, it's this dual thing. It's like, you got a guy that was a war hero, straight up war hero. He was a great fucking warrior. The guys that he was in combat with loved him. He did, he did a great job as a, as a soldier. He was patriotic. He loved this country. He sacrificed for this country. And I think at the same time, Dom was a, a rebel. He was a gangster. 
He was a guy that wanted to do it his way and his legacy that he leaves behind. It's like a fucking a, a storm. It's, it's like a storm. That's what he leaves behind. And it's like it's tragedy. It's beauty. It's darkness. It's good. It's evil. It's all of that stuff wrapped into one. cremated but he is sitting at the funeral home because no one was prepared for the paperwork that they were going to need it is ridiculous it's horrible that's camry dominic's daughter if anyone would have asked us this they would have known he had a place there was a place for him already Grandma made sure there was a place for him, but no one asked us. Dominic's final resting place is still in question. Since Dominic died without a will, it's up to his family and friends to try and figure out what happens next. Some people want his ashes buried in a military cemetery. Ross wants his ashes scattered on Cropsey Avenue. And Camarie didn't want him cremated in the first place. But for now, Dominic is stuck. Camry tells me that thanks to Witsek, she and her brother have a different last name than Dominic. As a result, they struggle to prove they're his next of kin. Until they can do so, his remains sit on a shelf somewhere in the high desert, waiting to be claimed. No one knows what we have went through our entire lives. When I first spoke to Camarie before the death of her father, there was residual anger towards him. An anger in how his choices directly impacted her life. I think that he's going to be reincarnated as a cockroach. That's really what <laughs> that's really what I have said over the years as to like if a nuclear bomb went off, the only things that would survive would be cockroaches and my father. And he would be sitting there watching TV with his remote, his cigarette, and his freaking thing of scotch in his hand. And he'd be like, what happened? In death, it seems like Camry is choosing to remember him differently. I would not have a different father. If someone asked, I'm glad that he was my father. I wouldn't be who I am if he wasn't my father. You know, I have a lot of the same talents that he had. You know, I wouldn't have that if it wasn't for him. Listening to Camry sing is bittersweet. I can't help but be reminded of Dominic, performing for his own adoring fans all those years ago. My father was very talented. I thought he really could do just about anything. And, you know, it's 
but he would sabotage himself. It's like he wouldn't let himself fully succeed in any of the talents that he really had. He would mess it up for himself somehow. He shows people what he wants that particular person to see. You know, and and nothing more or nothing less. When you grow up around somebody that embellishes things a lot, you tend to not believe a lot. And that follows you throughout your life. It did for me, at least. I do not trust people. I tend to not believe them. I tend to look at how they could hurt me. And Ross told me, your father loved you. He just didn't know how to show it. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't. I mean, hopefully it is. This is for you, Dom. It's called, I Am Your Protégé. That's Josh. If you remember from episode four, he relates closely to Rocky Balboa's monologue, Nobody's Gonna Hit As Hard As Life, which rings especially true today. Josh processes his pain with a pen and paper, writing a detailed poem on the trials, tribulations, and most importantly, the love he experienced with Dominic. As well as the final days he spent watching Dominic do what he does best, tell his stories. It was such an honor to finally be at one with you. As many as you've done before, for whatever reason, I never got a chance to. But not only to be a part of, but also to get interviewed too. To finally tell my side of our story and to officially be part of yours too. I said my goodbyes, some last words of encouragement, hoping I'd get through to you. I gave you a kiss, followed by a big, warm, strong embrace. I didn't want to let go. Neither of us did. As the tears are starting to run down my face. Who would have known this would be the last interview and podcast done with you before you pass but to me it was the highest level of a privilege and tribute that could have been done to be there right by your side as always as you did your final curtain call bowing out to your last one When they held the phone up to your ear and you were about to leave us, I hope you heard what I had to say. If you didn't, I'll say it again for you and for the whole world to hear today. Thank you, Dominic, for coming into my life. And Rangers will always lead the way. When they see me, they see you. I represent you fullest on display. A piece of me died that day. But in my heart and in my soul, you will always stay. And I'm proud to say, I am your protege. Long live Mr. Swaspante. I love you, Dom.
sua sponte in Latin translates to of one's own will. And that's Dominic, isn't it? When Dominic Montiglio died at the age of 73, he left behind a repertoire of stories that spanned various decades, dilemmas, deceits, and decisions. Dominic's stories were equal parts entertaining, bewildering, and astounding. But they were also complicated, unreliable, and sometimes incomplete. When Dominic died, his stories, imperfect as they are, remained as a kind of memento of his time on Earth. But what I never expected was that Dominic's death would lead us to a new story. Once he passed away, I had this box of stuff that he left with me. Again, that's Ross, Dominic's close friend. And I was going through it, and I found discharge papers from Cesare Giuliano. And I've got discharge papers for Cesare Giuliano, but I can't find the Dominic Montiglio discharge papers. Cesare Giuliano? I've spent the better part of this year talking to everyone in Dominic's life, examining the tapes Ross recorded, and speaking to the man himself. I thought I'd heard it all. But who is Cesare Giuliano? I had always assumed that it was one of his, you know, aliases that he came up with. Depending on how he was feeling, he would come up with different names as he traveled across the country. And so, like, one time he was feeling shitty, so he came up with Michael Morose. And he had Rocco Russo and Larry Moore. And he had all these, like, goofy names. And I just thought Cesare Giuliano was like a cool Italian name that he came up with. Hearing this new story of Cesare reminds me of all the other stories Dominic told me and all the stories I heard from his friends and family. Ross always compared him to Edward Bloom in Big Fish. And I can't help but wonder if this is just another Big Fish story. There's no question of Dom's service as Dominic Montiglio. And there's no question that when he went into witness protection program, they sealed his files. Because they sealed his files, we can't corroborate basic claims. There's no way for us to verify through official channels that Dominic was a Green Beret. Even his recounting of the bloody Battle of Hill 875 is inaccurate. Here's that clip again from episode two. There was about 2,000 of us. And we ran into 40,000 North Vietnamese. <laughs> Odds weren't good. Fact-checking this, we found Dominic's numbers to be way off. The odds weren't so stacked against them. So is this a memory thing? An elaboration? Or a flat-out lie? I'm not saying he didn't serve in Vietnam. Because he did. His fellow soldier, Mike Cavanaugh, provides the proof for that. As I remember, Dominic arrived, I believe, either the end of May or in June. Dominic came in and uh, handsome young Italian kid. Handsome, handsome, handsome. Very nice guy. He's got a heart of gold. And we just, you know, when you're in the military, you strike up relationships. And uh, Dominic and I just hit it off. 
The undeniable facts are that Dominic proudly served in Vietnam. He was with the 173rd Airborne Brigade. This isn't a stolen valor situation, which makes the whole Cesare thing all the more confusing. Ross sent me a text with a photo of the discharge papers he found. Name, Cesare Anthony Giuliano. Department, Army. Rank, SFC, Sergeant First Class. Why would Dominic have discharge papers for another soldier? It's not like carrying a dead friend's dog tags. A soldier needs to keep their discharge papers for their veteran benefits. And then I saw the address. Well, it's so weird because, I mean, at first I thought, is it possible that he just has Cesare's discharge papers, but it does say Cropsey Avenue on them. Yeah, so that's me too. I was like, well, wait a minute. The address and all that stuff is is where he lived. The address was Cropsey Avenue, but the name was Cesare Giuliano. And it was really weird. Cropsey Avenue, Brooklyn, New York. The Bunker. Further down the page lists Cesare's decorations, medals, badges, and citations. Two presidential citations for good conduct. A silver star, a bronze star, and a purple heart. And I did notice a bunch of awards that Cesare Giuliano had, and I know Dominic did also receive awards when he was in Vietnam. Um, But... I just can't really distinguish how those two meet or how it all plays together. Yeah, so do you think those awards are his or Cesare's? I don't know. I can't tell you. I I know that he – look, I know he got awards because his CIB he used to wear, which is the Combat Infantry Badge. He used to wear that. I also know from reading an article that was in Stars and Stripes that – Dominic, he was like written about busting up this ambush where the troops kept getting ambushed and Dom figured out that there was like an old Vietnamese lady with an oxen that when the troops were coming up a road, she'd cross the road and alert the Viet Cong. And he figured out what was going on and like averted a bunch of guys getting killed and he got awards for that. And But Dom was never like big on talking about awards that he got or he didn't brag about that type of shit. So... I don't know. I don't know if, you know, if those are all his. I don't know how it melds together. I really don't. So the other thing that I concluded is maybe when they sealed his files, but for him to still be able to receive benefits or to be involved or whatever, maybe they gave him another name. And that was Cesare Giuliano because, you know, up until his death, he was taken care of by the government. Up until his death, he had a 100% disability from being in the war. Um, he was taken care of by the VA. So there's some story there that I don't know the exact way it plays out. I ran a Lexus search on the social security number listed on Cesare's discharge paperwork. His profile appears, and to the right of the screen, it lists the year his social was issued. 1987 which could mean this was government-issued upon Dominic entering WITSEC. But if a whole new identity was generated so that Dominic could secretly receive pension checks, then why are his disability and pension checks made out to Dominic Montiglio and not Cesare Giuliano? 
To this day, I, I can't tell you, Celia, exactly how that all transpired. As always, Dom left an enigma and a mystery behind to figure out. Ross and I exchange many texts and calls, trying to figure out this puzzle. I even submit a FOIA request in an attempt to put this latest mystery of Dominic's to bed. The results have not come in yet. The more we dig, the more we find we have to solve. Like he used to sign some of his paintings, Chez, right? He used to go around and sometimes he'd be Chez and sometimes he'd be Dominic, depending on who we were interacting with. So Cesare Giuliano was like his really like, his like second name, you know? Like all those other ones that he had in Witsec was different, but he Cesare, he kind of played back and forth with. So I just don't know. I don't know how it comes together. I still don't think of Dominic Montiglio as a liar. I don't even doubt that the events he described to me and many others happened. But the details surrounding those events are hard to pin down. In life, and now in death, Dominic Montiglio leaves us all wondering, what really happened? I started this journey with a lot of questions and with a desire to find out the truth. But what happens now, when I've come to the end and I can't find the truth? We don't talk a lot about what happens after people die, especially when it comes to mob stories. A bullet in the head, a body bag rolled away. We pick up our popcorn and leave the theater. But Dominic's death is not where our story ends. Over the course of Dominic's life, he had a record deal, glitzy nights at Studio 54, and enough wild mafia stories to rival even the most notorious gangsters. But there was nothing glamorous about Dominic Montiglio's life when he left it. Reflecting on where Dominic's choices got him, at the end of seven decades, made me contemplate the decisions I made while telling this story. And more broadly, the choices we make every day in our line of work. Well, if, the, if you guys are comfortable with it and the family's comfortable with it, I mean, I, I would love to, to attend any memorials or, you know, I'll fly wherever, but I feel like, you know, he's, even the limited time I spent with him, I feel like it's important for me to show up. So I'd, I'd be happy to go wherever it happens. I'll keep that in mind, Celia, certainly. Lots of people ask me what I think of Dominic Montiglio. How they should feel about him. Was he a hero or a villain? A truth teller or a con man? A lover or a fighter? Mortal or immortal? I believe Dominic Montiglio was all of these things. Like each of us, he is the sum of his choices. I don't agree with all of his choices, but they were his. And he lived with them and died with them. Dominic doesn't get another chance to pick up the phone and call Denise, 
or apologize to Josh for not visiting him in prison, or tell his daughter Camry he loves her. Choices are for the living. And maybe that's the lesson of it all. You can't unpull a trigger. You can't redo fatherhood. You can't raise the dead. The truth depends on who you ask. But choices define a life. It's a beautiful fall day when Ross and Richie and some other friends from the neighborhood gather for a dinner on Carmine Street in the West Village to celebrate Dominic's life. They hope to end the night scattering his ashes on Cropsey Avenue. But the portion of ashes that Camry mailed to Ross didn't make it in time. In the past, I probably would have gone to the funeral. Ross did ultimately extend an invitation. And our number one priority as storytellers is to see the story through. But if Dominic taught me anything, it's that there's always a choice. How do you want to be remembered when you go? As a major scumbag. Because I was. There's certain people that will remember me differently. But they never knew the old me. Like, I'm, I'm a completely different person now than then. Completely different. Dominic's funeral was for the people who loved him and cared for him. No matter how good of a story it might have been, I knew going was the wrong choice. So I put my microphones and recorders down and spent the day with my own loved ones instead. I say prayers every night, even when I'm, when I don't feel like it. You know, I still say them every night basically for my daughter and my mother, you know. It's not where I'm going. You don't think you've got a chance to go up? You think you're going down? I think I'm going to be in the middle for a while. (laughs) You know, eventually I'll get there. I don't think I'm going to hell. But what's hell? You know. Plus, I'll have a lot of people I know down there who also hate me. (laughs) There's always something to be ashamed of or proud of. Mafia Tapes is produced by Gigantic Pictures for ID. The show is hosted, written, and produced by me, Celia Anaskovich. Executive producers are Brian Devine, Brooke Devine, Jason Orens, and Joshua Zeman. For ID, executive producer is Ron Simon, and AP is Jasmine Alston. Story producers are Caitlin Colford and Maggie Robinson-Katz. 
Producers are Pamela Ryan and Jeff Spivak. Music by Allison Layton Brown. Sound designer is Sam Baer. Sound editor is Matthew Lai. Main title music is by Dustin Brown. Production interns are Olivia Bellick, Leah Mancuso, and Wallace Truesdale. Special thanks to Ross Brodar and his documentary, The Lynchpin of Bensonhurst. Robert Cervini and Sincerely Yours Pictures. APM Music, Emma Chapman, 23andMe and Ancestry.com. And Dominic's Neighbors, Summer and Mia. Additional archival clips provided by NewsHour Productions and AP Archive. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.